0: This is part two with Jess Ponder. Um, If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, um, you can listen to Jess's background. But right now we're going to jump into a fun game called This or That because Jess and I need to relax a little bit after. (laughs) We do. Yeah. All right, Jess, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's Uh, do it. Okay. So this or that. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Cook or eat out? Oh, both. Can I say both? yes. Okay, both. Both. Science or history? History. Playlists or podcasts? Podcast. Shoes or bare feet? Shoes. Pool or beach? Beach. Cats or dogs? Dogs, 100%. Meat or veggies? Meat, probably. Summer or winter? Oh, that's a hard one. Probably, probably summer? Okay, cookies or chips? Oh. What's gotcha. your snack? Um... I've eaten both today Um, so (laughs) I'm gonna go with chips okay are you farm or city city text or call both driver or passenger passenger waffle or pancake waffle all day me too pizza or pasta pizza dark or milk chocolate dark skirt or pants Skirt, if I can. <laughs> Coffee or tea? <laughs> Coffee. Run or bike? Oh,
1: gosh. Neither, but I I should <laughs> say I want to bike with my kids, but I currently do neither.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very active. Yeah. Um, casual or formal? Uh, Casual. Gym or spa? Oh, I've
1: never been to a spa, so I'll have to say the gym.
0: Tattoo or piercing?
1: Oh, goodness. So I have my ears pierced, but I don't even, yeah, so it'd have to be
0: that. Okay. Shop online or do you go to the store? Oh I love I love shopping in, in person in the store. And road trip or fly? Um I like a road trip. I love a road trip. That's fun. That'd be fun with your fam. Yes. All right. This concludes this or that. <laughs> um and now we have one more game because again I love games and want to keep the good times going. Um I have I have no title for this game (laughs) i have no idea it's called how fast can you talk in five minutes oh gosh i'm 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 already nervous
1: (laughs) i'm so bad at talking fast dog can talk fast not me oh okay (laughs) i was like good gosh what do i do okay
0: i have a thick stack of questions okay um but i'm going to turn a little timer that is five minutes long. And my favorite <laughs> part is that I get to ding you when the five minutes is up. But anyways, right. if you don't want to answer something, just say pass. Okay. All right. On your mark, get set. What was your AOL screen name if you had one? Lynn545J. Ooh. Yeah. Current podcast listen. Um, Home Fires, Abigail Dodds and Tilly Dillahay. That's a good one. If you had 10 times your budget, what would you spend it on? Uh, gardening always. Ooh. What is something you are passionate about? Ooh, uh, oh, goodness, that sounds. This sounds like I have no passions. Ah,
1: <laughs> um, uh, I'm passionate about women. Women being women.
0: Yeah. Um, yes, especially you are. in our culture. Definitely. What is the last skill you learned?
1: Um, I learned how to make baguette a couple weeks ago, Whoa. and then made it again with the help of Misty because clearly I needed the help, That's and she's a, she's an expert, so she helped me out.
0: Way to go! Um, name a pet peeve.
1: Um probably like others awareness in a conversation like somebody not being in a conversation if mm-hmm. that makes sense so like somebody's talking to you but they're not really cuz they're trying to listen to a different conversation yes
0: <laughs> i'm not doing that to you right she's
1: now not. she's not <laughs> not she's in it
0: <laughs> do you find the match for socks when you do laundry
1: yes with the help of my son mark he's actually very good at it
0: yeah okay what was your last meal um
1: sloppy joes on yes. the
0: right before i came do you collect anything Mm,
1: I like pineapple things. Wait, what?
0: I know that sounds <laughs> weird.
1: Okay, I don't collect pineapples okay. like, from the grocery store. I have a lot of pineapple-themed things in my home. Okay, But I'm walking the line of, like, 90s yeah. mom kitchen. So I have to keep the pineapple spread out around that house. Like, yes. Callie's crocheted me a welcome with a pineapple on it. It's like a Williamsburg yeah. thing.
0: hospitality. Yes,
1: but it can get over the
0: top. Yeah. So. Okay, do not give Jess a pineapple, everybody. Yeah, Doug will not be a fan. If you were going to write a book, ooh, what would it be about? So,
1: I probably about how I never expected to be a homeschool mom.
0: Okay, I'll read it. Okay, what is a place (laughs) in Scripture that is encouraging to you?
1: Um, All of Isaiah. I love all of the prophecies about Jesus and um, just the... Just the entire book. I also love – we're reading John right now and just seeing God's work in the Gospels. It's Who's we? You're... Me and the boys Okay, um, in school. And so just seeing God – we were reading that and watching The Chosen. So it's like yeah. – it's a fun marriage. Oh but also gosh, no reading Isaiah. Isaiah is my favorite book for sure.
0: Okay. What book do you want more people to read? Mm, I – ooh, this is a great question.
1: Probably one of my favorite books – Oh, it's like top two. So The Hiding Place by Corrie Ten Boom. Everybody should read that. Um, and then I also really love the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. It's by somebody named Ernest Gaines. It's
0: okay.
1: Um, he's a wonderful Southern writer, and it's a, basically a fictional character, but he is from Louisiana, and so he's basing a lot of his um, story out of real life. So it's a wonderful Ooh. novel. You won't regret
0: reading it okay what was a recent problem you solved Hmm. oh i can think of a hilarious one that
1: i should not share here no um i i am not the best problem solver i will say i don't often see the easiest way i need Mm -hmm. like friends to help me with that yeah um so i normally have world savvy friends or like a good husband for that so I, i can't think of anything right now okay what is
0: something in your life more challenging than you expected
1: um i would say parenting i i guess when i had four kids of the same gender i mm-hmm. thought that i would just kind of be in the same lane all the time yeah um but differentiating and learning to parent differently with different personalities and strengths and weaknesses for sure but still all having boys that kind of tripped me up a little bit
0: okay hmm. say two words that describe you Mm. Too loud. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, I just laughed really loud. I just turned my face away laughing. <laughs> okay, yeah, too loud most of the time. Okay, is
0: there something people typically don't know about you?
1: I was a clown. Um, Wait, that was one of my <laughs> first jobs. Okay, I did birthday parties. <laughs> it's a weird Are time in my life. I'm not lying. <laughs> okay. I wish I were. My name was Jingles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did department stores because my grandmother was a manager oh, wow. of J C Penney's. Oh, I never could juggle, amazing. so I was probably like a C-level clown.
0: Wait, what do clowns do? Could well, you talk? I,
1: I can do balloon animals, okay. and I still do oh. them sometimes at my kids' birthday parties. I went to clown camp, um, which is a really cool, Whoa. especially awesome time for me, and really climbed the social ladder there.
0: Um, it's a dark hole, Jess. Yeah, so I'm glad we ended on that. <laughs> I got to say, you totally, <laughs> I don't even, I can't even. I don't even like
1: clowns. And so the fact that that was a weird yeah. job that I worked at, uh, did birthday parties, it's just a weird, it was a weird time.
0: Okay. <laughs> now it's time for the heart of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pivot. 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 Testimony time, everybody. Whew. Okay. Now, in case we haven't had enough rapid fire, here's a few more um, questions for you just to sort of, this is a garden section of the podcast. So what is your garden like now? Um, Or to continue with that metaphor, where has God planted you? So here's my rapid fire questions for that. First, um, just to sort of center us into your current um, world, what neighborhood do you live in? So I live in North Church Hill. In Richmond. Okay. And how long have you been there?
1: We have been there 11 years, but in our current wow. house, we've been there almost 10 this fall. That's awesome. Who is in your household, Jess? So I'm married to Doug, and then my oldest is Ash. He's 10. Then Lucas is 8. Jack is 6. And then my youngest is about
0: to turn 4. Oh, Okay. How long have you been coming to Remnant? I've been... I'm sorry. Who invited you to? So Doug invited me um, because
1: he was planning the church. And um, then we got engaged. And I was really specific about not coming to the church before then. I don't know why. I should have just come. But I was like, I have my own church. Like I told you, it was my church um, that I grew up in. And so he invited me because we were engaged. Mm -hmm. And then after we got engaged, I came. So I've been here since, I mean, I guess it would be 2009 so that's what
0: almost 14 years soon yeah that's right right, because that's when ava was born and i met you when she was a little baby so yeah all right so pre-podcast i gave you a listen a list of garden word prompts as a way to start thinking about your life right now the words were planning sowing, watering training pruning weeding and harvesting and um I talk a little bit about this theme with Ryan in my first podcast, but um, as we go along, I'll just sort of unpack those words, but I probably should say one more time, thank you for doing this with me. (laughs) I'm excited to do it. You know, you're sharing your life with all of us on the air. So anyway, God has planted you in a specific place. Um, We're going to find out what that looks like for you. So where do you want to start with those words?
1: Um, As far as planning
0: yeah, we can. You want to start with planning? Um, sure. Let's do planning. So, is there any desire or dream that you have?
1: Well, I have a lot of them, but like currently in the middle of winter, as superficial as this is, it's definitely garden plans. Yeah. Um, because it is, even though it's hopeful. Yes, it's hopeful. Yeah. And that's one of the, my favorite things about gardening and why I really love this extended metaphor that you have going on here Mm -hmm. um, because there's so many different seasons that you can notice in gardening so um so yeah so I'm just excited to to plant new things we planted a lot of bulbs in the fall so I guess that's a very small desire but I've been excited about with my now three-year-old popping out and seeing Mm -hmm. what's coming up a little bit more every day
0: what do you do your garden for like food or beauty or
1: more beauty I'd say um we have an herb herb garden that we used to cook and I just started growing a
0: few vegetables last year Mm -hmm. but mostly flowers I know you've blessed me with some of your beautiful flowers before um did anyone like in your family garden like where did you start even wanting to do that so my neighbor um growing up was uh,
1: like a master gardener before I even knew what that really meant. She was a composter. She was from California. Yeah. Um, Wonderful lady. And so she would let me come over and help her garden. And um, my mom also. You mean like pull her weeds? Exactly. (laughs) Or basically it was me talk to her while she gardened. And asked her. That's cool. She was really wonderful. Um, and then my mom worked part time as a florist for part of my life, so we had okay. flowers in the house. So gardening is kind of a means to an end for me of being able to always have flowers, mm-hmm. essentially. That's
0: that's cool. Does your mom still
1: garden? She does. She has a really pretty garden. Um, she ha- she was busy. She worked while we were growing up, and so between raising us and then she she didn't do as much gardening, but she's making up for it now.
0: Yeah. I'd say. Any other dreams or?
1: Things you're thinking about um, major, major. I would say like desires. Desires would definitely be. Um, I, I mean, this is kind of the opposite end of this the spectrum. But the, you know, the church is going through the Nehemiah uh, sermon series, yes. and so just the theme of prayer in that book has just really been convicting to me, and just a desire to be more specific. You know, I'm in a season where I'm all in with four kids at home homeschooling. Yeah. And um so I can't just roll somewhere with four kids that easily to help others. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like a new conviction that, you know, prayer is, is is super is powerful. Yeah. Um, and so just praying for specific things, praying for my youngest two. My oldest two know Jesus, but my youngest two are young. And mm-hmm. so just praying specifically for the things in my family and church
0: and friends. Yeah. So you're saying like the content of or the theme of like culture building has inspired you to pray or yes. I himself inspired you to pray?
1: Yes, I think just that, um, yeah, the idea of culture building and the idea of prayer being the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they referenced a lot of, of, of things just um, being moved, you know, just thinking about how little I can do physically outside of my home um and then also feeling sometimes a little hamstrung with different parenting struggles, just realizing that um all the struggle like basically my I'm most able to pray right now for my own family for yeah. cultural issues for people in my church um there might be a different season where I can be hands and feet when I'm like all my kids are out of the house, yeah um but prayer is it was just something I've been convicted of even just this week,
0: yeah, well, it's um. You're also planning to have faith, like it's just an act of living faith, which kind of like you were talking about, I can't leave my house, but somehow though, there's still like an active component to prayer, which I don't know, it feels passive, but it's actually like you're saying, it's actually not, um, it's not passive. Um, So do you, you said you plan to pray. That's really interesting to me. I don't usually think of planning and praying going together. So how do you plan to pray?
1: I I think just more focused requests,
0: you know, mm-hmm. because I
1: am definitely uh it's always been relatively easy for me to pray especially in motherhood because there are so many needs, you yeah. know. You just yeah. feel like you're offering up like God Get please me help me. End. Help me with this. Oh my goodness, especially in the early days. Yeah. Um and even now, I mean homeschooling three kids and having another one in the mix. Um, But like specific prayers, like, okay, I'm going to pray for this person's salvation or or my two youngest kids' salvation, or um, just being more intentional when I say I'm going to pray Yeah. um, to just think about what times do I have in my day that I can keep silent to make sure that I can
0: can pray at those times
1: for those specific things.
0: Yeah. There was... um I don't know when it was maybe it was a couple years ago and I was walking with Chantel and I was all of a sudden I don't know what we were talking about but I said something like I realized that I don't pray for my kids like and I thought that is the most horrible thing that I could admit or realize you know sometimes you just don't remember to plan to pray and ever since that realization um it was like it almost changed my life. Like even though we have desires for things, sometimes we actually have to plan yeah. to do it because it's not that we don't want to be praying. So the planning is really interesting. So um, I just started doing it in the most simple way so that I'd actually do it, which is just like on every Monday morning, each kid takes a turn in my lap and I pray over them. That's incredible. And so that I never forget because it's like part of the plan. And, um, unless maybe we're somewhere, which is pretty rare. We're usually at home on Mondays, but, um, I love that you pray
1: over them, like touching them. Yeah. Having them close. That's really,
0: they can still sit in my lap, but yeah, Ava's (laughs) a little awkward. I can't lie. And she definitely giggles, but for now, like, you know, yeah, so
1: that's wonderful.
0: Um, and I'm definitely not patting myself on the back. That's just a sign of my weakness. Like I need, I need the reminder. Like, to do it but anyway so let's move on how's sewing sound um so sewing i just
1: i think i'm just trying to go grow more disciplined in different areas i'm coming off a season of that kind of bleary-eyed motherhood where you're just kind of moving from no sleep to no sleep oh. you know <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. i'm not in that season anymore yep. and just kind of coming up for air and, and looking around and like okay i can be um sewing discipline and and enjoying the things that I used to enjoy Mm -hmm. I love writing um one thing that I tried to do this summer was write every day and um that was just really fun for me I didn't do it every day but I tried and did and just to develop habits to It's such a good way for me to work out my own thoughts and I have a lot of feelings and so it's easy for me to work work out those things. So you're talking about like
0: journaling or um you're talking about
1: so I like writing I, I would say like more uh just processing what I'm reading in scripture, writing letters. Um I started writing like little tall tales about some of Doug's extended family like he has oh, a larger wow. than life grandparents That's and amazing. um so I, but I mean barely I mm-hmm. like these are desires so I'm definitely yep. sowing these things.
0: little seeds
1: little seeds but yep. just incremental progress and in just getting better at writing um mm-hmm. and just writing ideas about um how like what God's teaching me through homeschooling or what God's teaching me in the scriptures, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. So how many people know you do this?
1: Uh, probably like Five.
0: <laughs> okay. And now hundreds.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I did do like a little Instagram thing where I was just encouraging other people to write because I was just... Yeah,
0: you did. That's right. I'm yeah. always
1: like, uh, if I, I'm going to do it, wouldn't it be so much more fun if all my friends did too? Yeah, and you so,
0: encouraged a lot of people. Yeah,
1: it was fun to read everybody else writing. So in that capacity, they knew I was doing it, but I didn't tell anybody I was doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was afraid that I would stop doing it. Yeah. Um, and so then...
0: I thought, well, then nobody will know.
1: (laughs) Nobody will know if I stopped or not.
0: Do you, so does Doug read your stuff ever?
1: Uh, Yeah, he does. He's the best. He, cause he always, he's like the best editor cause he's a different type of brain than me completely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's, um, he always reads everything that I write. Um, Especially if I want to share it with somebody else Mm -hmm. cause he's just such a clear thinker and also kind. So
0: so it wasn't necessarily something you've been doing a long time and like shoving in a drawer you just kind of started last summer, like all of a sudden?
1: Yeah. So I it would be more like fits and starts. I used to write in college, and then it would be like I would be impressed to write a, an idea down just so that I would have it to, to, to read later, like a, mm-hmm. a scripture that I read, something that – a specific idea, maybe an article for a blog. I blogged for a little bit. Um, and then I wanted to specifically focus on just – writing ideas down specifically about homeschooling since it was the season that I'm in. And it was just a easier way for me to process through some of the
0: things that I was working with through yeah. with that. How does like prayer interact with this new endeavor? Like, um, I would say
1: that the faith aspect mm-hmm. of like just seeing, like, I remember I told a professor in college one time cause I was majored in English. Um, I just loved writing, and he said, "Just write. Nobody can stop you from writing. Just write for, for the Lord." And um, so I just think sometimes, um, that that faith aspect of just knowing that, like it's um, honoring God, and just um, celebrating Him, and trying to pursue that kind of truth um, hu- humbly. Like it's often just getting jumbled thoughts into something yeah. coherent about something I'm struggling with. Um, But definitely that same faith aspect of like little seeds being Mm -hmm. like working out discipline in my own heart or, or, or formation in my own heart,
0: I guess. Yeah, so you had something else on the paper you showed me in that section
1: yeah care to share okay so this has just been a theme i guess for the past couple months i was thinking about sewing specifically more compassion in my friends friendships instead of like competition um and that's like two like baptist c words i guess (laughs) um but not born out of any real strife with friends but just out of a noticing that Women relate relationally, so like if I were to yes. tell you my birth story, you would want to share yours, and that's how we communicate as yep. women. Um, but and so we're naturally empathetic, we're naturally compassionate. But if we're not walking um, in any kind of kindness or grace, it can easily turn into competition because then right. you're automatically somebody says this, and then you and then you think of how your life is similar or different. And then that breeds like that natural competition. And so I was just convicted that there's a way to be really self-centered in a friendship um, where you are constantly hearing somebody say I'm having a hard time and it really came up when we um, went through a lot of challenging health things with our family right. and the way that people interact with you when you're grieving or, or going through anything challenging is by sharing their own grief mm-hmm. and not as a competition but just to say basically like me too um, this is how I've struggled and they're just trying to relate to you and in that moment it was like a, a test it felt like a, a way to either step to like okay I can hear and translate this as them trying to empathize with me right. or I can hear and say that's not my experience or that's not um, or think or or just not be gracious in the way yeah. that I'm reading a, a, a something else onto what they're saying instead of them just saying I hear you're having a hard time I've also had this hard time it doesn't look identical but I just want you to know you're not alone that's what I think people are trying to do Yeah. Um, but as women it can be for me at least I don't want to cast all women <laughs> this way it can be easy to mishear that especially with how relationally we can relate to each other yeah. um so compassion's the the beautiful piece because uh, that is being moved by the an experience or a shared experience you know yeah um instead of the competition which is seeing the shared experience but then feeling like you are i don't know hurt by something or i don't know i don't know if you felt that way in friendships where with women specifically, um, where there just always has to be an abundance of grace. And I have wonderful friends, um, but just constantly orienting my heart away from me as the measuring stick and and into Christ and just hearing what they're going through, not through the lens of my own experience, you know?
0: Well, something that I'm thinking about as you're talking is that a lot of times, or not a lot of times, all the time, when Christ removes sin as we confess it, he just it's the point is not to just a static state like what is being replaced like Mm -hmm. what what part of the heart of Christ is going to fill that part or are you making space to grow because I guess as I'm thinking out loud you'd be quenching the Holy Spirit if you're like comparing yourself or whatever so then compassion would definitely be like a gift (laughs) that you're like making space to actually grow um, as you like confess I don't know would you confess your comparison or whatever however you want to say it but and I think a lot of times um we don't even realize that we're something until we like see Jesus more and more and we're like oh my gosh I'm undone like I have a long way to go so I bet a lot of times like we as women don't even realize what we're doing
1: yeah totally you know Yeah, definitely.
0: And we actually need more Jesus, more compassion. Um, But you can't make room for compassion to grow unless you uproot what's quenching it, you know, or choking it out, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. So you're on that process. That's awesome. Okay, so next is um, what is being watered in your life, which what I mean by that is like something that you're actively – tending or stewarding or praying about anything internal or external. So, I homeschool the th- my three
1: boys and then well, I have four boys and so just their whole life, I mean my whole it's just the all on, all in on the home front. Yeah. You know? So, I feel like I am just in those in the not baby years, but in the young years three people need me constantly. Yeah. And so just remaining faithful. Um, you know, being a stay at home mom is really free. You know, uh, I think culture would say it's really not free. like yeah. It's the opposite. But there's a ton of freedom. And there's like a responsibility because nobody's bossing me around. Nobody's telling That's me true. what to do when uh, <laughs> with school. Nobody's telling me what to do when um, house wise or what to cook or anything. Yeah. And so there's there's that responsibility of just making sure that you're kind of like stewarding what you have and like yeah. using your time fully um almost I guess, too
0: much freedom maybe now that you say it that way yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah there's
1: I feel like it's so opposite of what everybody thinks but I'm like it's just we you're kind of your own boss and you're in charge of this house and you get to keep it running and that's really so all of my energy really goes to that mm-hmm. um because Doug um and 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 supporting Doug as well um so, how do you
0: see love playing a part in that?
1: Oh man. Um I feel like it changes you. It changes it from like a home from like so we we love Sound of Music, right? Okay. You know, and <laughs> we love full movies, but we watch it a lot and we have the soundtrack and so we listen to it a lot and I just love the difference. You know, I think it changes me from like Captain von Trapp to making sure everybody's in line because yep. of course I could have a really well organized home not that organization is bad but yeah you know the love is actually remembering what it's all for mm-hmm. you know why i'm pouring myself out why i'm learning to cook new things that my kids like and and can and can be stretched with like a, a budget with inflation or whatever yeah um and then I love in the movie where, you know, Maria comes in and they kind of reminds him like, oh, you love your kids. They're singing together and they yeah. just have that beautiful moment. And so that's what just we were listening to that sound attract earlier today. It made me think of it.
0: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think about if you didn't love, you wouldn't water it.
1: Like, yeah, you wouldn't
0: do it. And sometimes even you were talking about you're a woman of feelings, but love isn't always a feeling. Right. But you're you said you you put your whole self into it. I don't know. That's pretty beautiful. Um, Anything else? You're watering. Uh, Um, probably just. So I have four boys,
1: and they they eat a lot. So just like (laughs) I can't imagine, (laughs) like figuring out how to make lots of food that they like. Um, and also they just like we live in the city, which I love. Mm -hmm. I naturally would have wanted to live in a city. You know, no matter who I married, I was, I was. I just have always been drawn to them. I love that life. Um, but boys need to be able to run and play. Oh, so okay, like, yeah. you know, tending adventure-loving kids that can have more independence for me that the city doesn't always yeah. lend itself to and it's like fenced-in backyards, you know? Yep. So kind of stepping out of my comfort zone with Doug and the boys and going hiking and making sure that I'm getting them outside so that they can um, just enjoy being kids. And I, I only am speaking from like the limited perspective I have of only having boys. So I'm sure you do this with girls too, but I just specifically this year, I'm like, okay, so we're slowly not needing naps. We just need to get outside as much as possible so they can just enjoy learning and playing together and all that good stuff.
0: Well, I live in the city, too. And when we first moved into this house, I'm like, look at our yard. It's so big. And now I'm like, what am I talking about? <laughs> like, You know, you just go out to a yes. park and you're like, oh, my gosh, God's world. It's yes. amazing. It's big. Any favorite places y'all go?
1: So we like to hike. And we've only started this past year because before we would have had to have somebody on our back. and oh, OK. We weren't yeah. about that life that much. So now that Mark can walk and hike with us, we sh- we hike various places trails in the Shenandoah mountains they're very easy because we have four young kids Mm -hmm. um we love Maymont we love Lewis Ginter we don't we're not members and I always regret that we're not members of Lewis Ginter because it's pretty at all seasons yeah um but yeah Maymont's like that idyllic childhood place you can run in a bamboo forest you can Mm -hmm. climb on rocks and jump off of them see animals you know
0: yes it's so pretty there um anything else you want to share um
1: I don't I don't think so I just think it's just we're just I'm just all in at home right now, just enjoying being able to be there um, and 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 just getting to have moments with my kids that I never expected to have. I never mm-hmm. expected to be a stay at home mom um, and God changed my desire once I had a child and I realized like, oh, I want to and, and then shifted some uh, some things for us that that made the most sense and we yeah. prayed about it together and that it seemed the best thing. So it's been a really awesome thing to have these desires that God had for me of uh or not that I had that I gave to God so so to speak, I guess, um that I prayed of wanting to you know have kids yeah. and to teach um them. And so it's been fun to shift from teaching other people's kids to teaching my own yeah. because that's just really special it's challenging but it's really fun
0: too this just totally popped in my head not premeditated because you said Von Trapp family do you have any like special name for your crew like
1: we call them the ponder boys the ponder boys yeah. okay so, I mean it's not anything <laughs> unique
0: <laughs> hey, it works it's cute it's fun all right next um, is training and pruning so what is something in your life that doesn't feel good right now but is good
1: so Doug um, he's uh he's been a pastor the whole time that we've been married at Remnant um, and also teaches at uh, Grimke Seminary that they started a few years ago um, and also is um, finishing up some doctoral work as well. So there's been a lot more travel in his life than there was. I mean, there's been more travel in the past two years than there was in the first 10 years of our marriage. Um, And whether it be for him to go take classes at add a you know an intensive or something like that okay. or for him to travel to um
0: you're talking like lengthy travel um or like just, not not just ever, a lot of it more
1: more frequent yeah I am I I always said that I, I'm kind of a wimp about travel so I know that many people have husbands um who travel frequently yeah and I really respect those women because you have to um hold down the fort you do mm-hmm. yeah and also I just I don't need alone time and so yeah. you, are Doug, yeah, you are rare. Yeah, I don't need a lot. I mean, I need some now that I have four kids. But yeah. mostly um, I just want to be with Doug all the time. Yeah. So, um, just, so that's been challenging to feel the pull of genuinely being excited about mm-hmm. wh- what God is doing through the school and the way that he is using Doug. Um, and then just making sure in my heart to be on board um, and to – Just reimagine uh, what things will look like and how we can stay connected and how we can um, how I can support him from home. It's not a it's not a ton of travel by any means. It just feels like a lot for us. If that makes sense compared to what it was before. Um, So that's been the main thing, and also just learning to be flexible. I'm not naturally a flexible person. Okay. Um, When things come up, I like to plan things. Um, Yeah, and so just realizing like I don't I don't know that I just I don't need to be tight-fisted about Mm -hmm. things um and that the kids are flexible we can be
0: flexible so this is maybe a messed up question (laughs) do you like the thought of being weak oh I feel like in the hands of the gardener
1: uh I mean I I would I would have said no Mm -hmm. maybe just a few years ago um because it feels so vulnerable yeah. you know and i haven't had any reason to distrust a lot of things like talking about my family before um but so naturally no i would not i would say i would not ever desire to be weak mm-hmm. and worked very hard in college to be the opposite like working lots of jobs to take care of my finances and and things like that just tough persona
0: Mm -hmm. like um by week I don't mean like couch potato you know yes yes Uh, no
1: I don't yes I mean like yes I I understand I think what you mean like and I I never in the hands
0: of I just trust I guess you know. yes
1: I would say um it was a a lot of breaking for me to be comfortable with trusting God in Mm -hmm. the way that he is molding my life I've been more stubborn um which I wish I weren't. You can see it with kids, you know, where you like just want something good for them. And and I know that there have been so many things that I've resisted in my own heart that have been so wonderful. Um, But it took a lot of, honestly, suffering to get to the point where I realized that I was
0: always weak you know
1: (laughs) and I could always trust Um, I just
0: it was kind of a facade so it took a lot of stripping away of that yeah kind of like what I was thinking about earlier is that we actually usually don't realize where we're really at yes and we think we're someplace that we're really not um but that's not bad that we're (laughs) weak that we can trust God um I personally don't like anything that's hard. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that's actually something I've only recently admitted. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, if I'm being honest, Laura, you do not like hard things. Um, So uh, I'm still at the beginning of like shedding that. Um, But this kind of goes into what you shared in your weeding section. You also like penned inflexibility on there. So you said God though is is removing this from you, you're, you're having open arms to him.
1: Yeah, so I was always considering myself that kind of person that um, was kind of go with the flow as far as like opinions or I was never the person in a group that was like driving something. And mm-hmm. so because of that, I never thought I was an inflexible person. Um, and it was just that I didn't care enough about any of those things to have a solid choice. You know, it's like, you know, like, where do we go to dinner? I don't care. Oh, I'm so flexible. I know that sounds so silly. Um, but then when you have things that are more important and you realize you're the one who doesn't want to yield ever, you know, um, and how ugly that can be. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, and just reading about Jesus and how like, how flexible he was like in just even in i mean in the big picture of like him coming to earth and him uh lowering himself like the incarnation him becoming human but also just in reading the gospels where he's constantly stopped being being his plans are halted Mm -hmm. you know and he's willing to just be wherever he is and, and minister to the people there
0: yeah
1: and so and he d- has peace <laughs> yes yeah that it wasn't like a like a concession that he made people feel right, that's bad a good way for to put it. Yep. you know it wasn't like he was like well I had to be here in Capernaum but actually yeah um I have to stop for you um you know so being joyful in seeing like nope maybe this is what God has for me now I mm-hmm. mean um, just and just being less uh, strong-willed about where God is leading my family in a way um, that may I may not have pictured from the beginning. I think everybody has this, you know. Yeah. Could, their husbands changed careers, they have loss or grief yeah. or something, and um, things aren't how they imagined. Yeah. And um, so I, I think, I'm sure other people are much better at this than me, yeah. um, because they've already experienced it, because you just naturally experience like many situations where you need to change and adapt
0: yeah this sounds weird but even when you were talking before about doug traveling and even if it's for a short time i was thinking how god trains us lovingly so even now he's training your heart for loss not saying you're going to have like experience big loss in your life or something but you're like learning that you can lean on him because i definitely lean on ryan a lot like just his presence and all of that totally. but even yeah like so i'm sure in those moments when you're when he's gone like you probably first go to the lord or maybe more readily. i don't know it's just i don't know training and loss was something that i was thinking about um but at the same time experiencing the active presence of god um
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Anyways, any more weeding you want to share? <laughs> but you don't have to. You totally don't have to it's share okay. anything else. I think
1: I, you know, if you have gardened, you always have those perennial weeds that come yep. up every year. Like do you your get those onions? Beds. Yes, the spring onions yes, and crabgrass that yes. you truly have to like dig out by the root. And I have to do battle with it every year. Some years I'm more vigorous than others. But always I'm... Um, just impatience and anger, I would say. Yeah. I'm very naturally, easily angered. And in parenting, you just can't be that way. You don't yeah. want to be like a, a hot top or just blowing. I don't know. Just always easily frustrated. I don't want my kids to feel like they're walking on eggshells. So God is always reading that out of my life it's just in which arena is he doing it is he yeah. doing it in my marriage is he doing it because i'm too impatient with my son who's learning to read yep um is he doing it in my friendships by me you know being quick to take offense mm-hmm. um so that is something that i basically always have to anticipate and just be like this is going to happen yeah. so let's repent quickly and kind of like be ready to spot it be so that i don't get um Caught up. I've been reading um, Jim, Wil- Jim Wilson's book on um, I think it's called How to Be Free from Bitterness. Yes, and I didn't think it would be about anger. And I know oh. I know that sounds so silly and naive, but I didn't really think about how the two were connected. Yeah, and so it's been a really good thing to read. I'm only about
0: halfway through. I was going to ask you when did you start reading it?
1: Yes, just this year. So um,
0: who? why why are you reading so it? I don't think most people pick up you're <laughs> a right book with yeah that.
1: <laughs> it, I, right because nobody ex, expects yeah. themselves to be bitter at all just like you might think I'm never envious I'm not bitter I don't know Um I It was recommended to me by both uh, Gareth and Callie okay. who they both read it and I think Callie did it with uh, some girls that she was close with in her community group and Misty Harger read it as well. Okay, And I thought I'm sure there's stuff in there to root out and I really had I'd heard that he read and recommended a lot of missionary biographies and so as soon as I picked it up his easy but on the nose frankness about yeah. how to live. joyful christian life and how to just let go of sin of anger and bitterness so
0: practical yes
1: so practical so practical it feels like miss i guess my i think i'd made the um struggle with anger too complicated like you just just, just repent of it and just um keep turning you know so it's been really helpful so far i'm excited to
0: keep reading it so let's see hmm well i guess let's get to, oh actually can I just ask you one question about going back to you writing and um, so writers tend to be reflective and I'm just wondering are you reflective of your sin? Like does writing, because we're talking about the weeding part, like does writing interplay at all with how you process your sin or things like that?
1: Totally. Um, I think sometimes before I write something down I have all these competing um ideas or 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 just feelings i would say and yeah. then writing is kind of a uh, a way of of seeing the the way through or at least um kind of disciplining or chasing my own heart to get it out of the ditch so to speak i think yeah. rachel, rachel jankovic talks about getting her girls out of the emotional ditch and back onto the road yeah she does uh, yeah like wild horses and i love that image and so i think writing does that for me it helps me get back on the on the road that i want to be like kind of preaching the word to myself Mm -hmm. always first that's kind of really its function yeah so if i share it it's always if it's always been for me first i guess not in a selfish way i just mean it's because it was an area that i specifically struggled in that god is correcting me and i would say
0: yeah sometimes um i think more recently as i become more and more aware of how sinful i am sometimes i don't know if i write all the time but like if if that's something that I can say out loud or put on paper, somehow it like loses a little bit of power It, it rather than just like being in my head space yeah, where it totally. seems like to overtake me. Um, anyway, so let's go to um, the harvest, which is an answered prayer section. Um, I guess a question that just asks, where have you been seeing God's faithfulness or everyday graces or victories in your life?
1: Oh, my goodness. So... Um we didn't talk about it super publicly but we went through a really challenging time for a couple years of finding out a lot of challenging medical diagnoses for um a few of my sons and we didn't talk about it publicly for a couple reasons mostly because we felt like they're very young and it's their story to tell okay um and so um so i'm I won't go into all the details just because um, we still feel pretty firmly that we want them to feel like they're able to divulge their information about their health when they're older. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, as a mom, I can say that, you know, we, we found out that um, a few of my sons have a rare genetic disease that I'm a carrier for. Um, and so, and that it, it goes all the way back. Like my grandmother carried it and and my mother and and so it's kind right. of weird it felt like an old testament this yeah weird situation where are just like wow you can trace it all the way back um it felt like we, we were picking up a, a loose thread in a tapestry and things were unraveling um and it was really challenging um, that's heavy it was heavy so, yeah, yeah sorry to to bring the heaviness but I, I would say that even though the diagnosis hasn't changed my biggest Prayer at that time was that God would save my sons if I can't control their health. Like God yeah. says, don't be afraid of what happens to your body. But he was talking to his disciples, but worry about your soul, you know. Yeah. And um, that was such a great comfort to me. And um, just – and God has saved saved my sons. Um, they Praise do God. walk with Jesus. And that has been incredible. <laughs> just such a kindness yeah. um, that I never could – and then and just so so convicting when you said you didn't think about praying for your kids yeah. in those moments when i was praying for their health i thought oh my gosh what am i doing i need to pray for their health for sure yeah um but i also need to pray for their souls and i was just so convicted that i had not been regularly doing that yeah and i was like if i'm not gonna do it who's gonna pray <laughs> exactly. for my kids? Yeah. i had that same realization laura and i and so i'm just so thankful that he did that and now um, it's such a rare disease that we don't, the doctors don't have a lot of answers for us as far okay. as different things. And so that's a weird place to be. Cause yeah. like, you know, you think science is wonderful. Medicine is a gift, um, but I know you guys have had lots of challenging health situations. Yeah. Um, and so just her, it felt like the situation was so big that I couldn't even control any of it. And mm-hmm. that in itself was a gift in that I couldn't Google or WebMD it to fix it. And it just kind of made me realize that God is truly loves my kids more than I do. And that um, even though this isn't what I would choose to be a part of their um, struggle, that God is going to use these things and has already use them in so many ways, but also um, that he's going to sustain their lives and yeah. that he really sustains all of our kids' lives. You right. know, it's just kind of like you kind of like you're talking about veils of uh, really seeing who you were earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, you really just realize it's frailty of all life, you know, yeah. like not to be a downer, but like God is always holding everybody's I was gonna life. I say,
0: isn't that the preciousness of it, though, that yeah. it is fragile, but right. yet we're held exactly and yeah and
1: so it's moved from a season of crisis to a season of just joy In that the diagnosis hasn't really changed but god is sustaining mm. uh, my boys and that their health is stable at this time and yeah. um and we're just able to kind of trust god and bear up underneath the diagnosis after time and pe- being ministered to by other mm-hmm. people in the church um so what felt Like a crisis is not a crisis anymore. And I don't really, can't really put my finger on when that happened.
0: I was just going to say, what's really funny you just said that is um, you use the word joy and then you just said, I didn't, I don't know when that happened because I was just thinking joy is unexpected. Like, you can't go look for it. It happens to you. And it's like you realize one day, like C.S. Lewis classic, you know, um, surprised by joy. Right. And it just sort of surprises you. And you just said, I didn't know. When that happened, I mean,
1: yeah, I gu- I guess there was just like, but there it, had
0: to have been a process of release yes, to God. I
1: think most of it, all of the bad news that we ever found out medically, and it was a uh, a couple years of just lots of challenging appointments, lots of yeah. different layers of the problem, was always found out right before we hosted our community group. Oh
0: man, which okay. was a lot
1: of pressure, okay. um, but was also God's. Gracious, like gift to me because I would have naturally wanted to retreat but mm-hmm. like every single time we found out whether we really wanted to or not we were there with people who were going to pray for us who okay. were going to you know listen to me cry about these hard things and um, I know that that was a huge thing just to feel yeah. supported and, and loved through that and, um, and also just um, Doug has always been like a good um, just really good at pointing me to the light and to truth. And yeah. so he has led us through this um, and pointed me to Christ constantly. And he would definitely, he's kind of like, this is nerdy, but like he's, he, I always think of him as like Sam in The Lord of the Rings where okay. Frodo says like nothing ever dampens your spirits. Like he is that in our house. Oh, I thought you were
0: going to say share the load. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, share the load. we do share the load. But he,
1: he's very rarely... Um, he's just very good at uh, putting things into perspective. And I didn't mean to interrupt me. you. Can oh, you say your fine. quote
0: again? What's your Sam oh, quote? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, the
1: Sam quote is that uh, – it's a silly quote. It's a, it's mm-hmm. just they're walking along, and and he says, nothing ever dampens your spirit, Sam. Frodo mm. and Sam are walking on the road to Mordor or whatever. Yeah. And um, Doug's just that for me without sounding too corny. It's just true um, where he I'm, – I'm definitely the one who needs – to be cheered you know what i mean and he is definitely cheerful in that respect in our
0: marriage and has been in this particular situation joy isn't um joy is very profound it's very strong it's not necessarily like um what's the word i'm trying to think of it's like different than i don't know it doesn't even have to be a mean that you're smiling it's like joy is really profound yeah i want more of it (laughs) um any other things you want to praise God for before we wrap up? Um, I'm I'm just praising God
1: for um, just a more harmonious home. We have four boys. I'm thankful for their. Um, reambunctiousness but that <laughs> means a lot of discipline and so I feel like we're at least at this time it could the another shoe could drop in six months you know how that is with yes. parenting you get into a more peaceful harmonious time yeah. in your house and then uh, somebody levels up in a way in maturity or something yeah. where we all have to kind of figure out how to live together peacefully again mm-hmm. but right now like we're just living in a time where I feel like we're we're enjoying the fruit of kids who get along, who can play together, and they're all a- around the same age, and um, that's been really sweet for us. Doug and I read, uh, like, four or five chapters each from a book on his day off the other Ooh. day, and we were like, what <laughs> life is this? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah, um, Because even just six months ago, we were, you know, we were like the referees of WWF SmackDown, <laughs> it felt like um, just...
0: Shirts off for the boys, I bet. the boys are
1: going in for it. So just, I was really just thankful for that everyday grace of just seeing God work throughout that. Because whenever you're dealing with kids, it always feels like you're, like, it's not working. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. (laughs) It always feels that way. So, my distant stare right now, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just to eventually remember that it is like, you know, we're faithful to God because of what he says, not because of what it works. But it does work because yeah. God's way is right, yeah. you know, um, even if you don't see that for, you know, six months, a year, <laughs> five years. I don't I'm know.
0: thankful for people like Andy Wilson that opened my eyes like, you are in an adventure. Like, yeah. You know, you are not just... You're not, not in one. I don't know. You're in one. You're active. Like, you are a character. So. Yes.
1: He's so good about framing things that way. Yeah. I do love
0: that. Yes. All right. So I guess we are coming to a close. Um. Oh, can I ask you one more thing? Sure thing. <laughs> okay. One more thing. This was not um in any of the questions, but I just felt like since I have you captive here in my basement, there is one <laughs> thing I wanted to ask you. Um there's something about your character that I love and I wish I was more like, and it is, you can be, like I said before, like just an open person, like just really frank about sometimes things I think people are afraid to talk about. And if you could just maybe share really quickly, how is God free you to do that? <laughs>
1: like, well, I always joke like um, mm. with a few friends that like, a lot of the struggles that I have are loud, open, out there sins. So mm-hmm. I feel like people are already aware <laughs> of the ways that I struggle. Um and so I feel like free to speak about it. Yeah. Um because they probably have already noticed, you know, yeah. maybe I struggle with you they see me be harsh with my kids or they see me um I don't know, not be gentle. I don't know. Um but I think um I I have um a good friend, Leah, who is very open about her sin mm-hmm. and just about challenges, and she's—I've learned so much through her, watching her walk through a very different experience, different experiences than me, different weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to see and kind of head things off at the pass, and so if um can you say what that means what do you mean head oh i mean with the like so if i see her struggling in a certain area of parenting she'll tell me what she's struggling with and okay. i can kind of see okay and she'll t- she has a kid kids who are older than mine um by a little and so she's always in the next stage before me okay so she's saying this is what we're struggling with now that we're having teenage kids you know Mm -hmm. um and so she helps me head things off at the past by being open with her sin and struggles so that I can know what's coming so I'm not surprised yeah um and so and then just definitely just like you were talking about being weak like just Mm -hmm. boasting in weakness knowing I feel um weak a lot of the time yeah and um and so I I don't I think just knowing that God is the only way that I have ever been like polished to be more gentle. I just never want anybody to think like I just always was any way because I've never been there. Everybody has certain strengths and weaknesses. Right. But like um, I think a lot of times if you don't know somebody well. You can fill in the gaps of their story mm-hmm. and think that um, well that that might just be easy for them or yeah. something. I don't ever want anybody to feel isolated in thinking that um, that somebody just might have never struggled with X, Y, or Z. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, well, you just mentioned a friend, and I guess you are sort of like a person in my mind when I think about like it, you can just be hands up like just did it (laughs) like (laughs) she said it (laughs) you can do it too so i appreciate i can appreciate now even more so your openness because you said like someone showed me what it looked like you know i'm not saying in every circumstance you can relate it back to her but you still are saying there is definitely someone who showed me what it looks like to have hands up and just trust jesus and be free or whatever you know yes definitely so um all right so we're coming down thank you for listening everybody if you've made it to the end of our first uh, podcast um anyways thank you like I said and hopefully I'll see you next time and uh I guess we'll end with Jess sharing something that she brought that she has written and go for it Jess (laughs)
1: So while um, I was just talking with Laura and hearing her heart about this podcast, um, I wrote this a little bit over the summer and then the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind. And um, so I'll just read it now. A few years ago, our church hosted a women's conference and the speaker, Patty Roselle, said something that struck me. She said she wants all women to know that everyone is welcome at the table of God. What a wonderful and true statement. In any group... Even the church, you can make yourself feel like an outsider. Indeed, I think this is the way that Satan tempts and isolates women constantly. You might think, no one struggles with this, only me. I bet you'd never be welcome at the table if they found out about what's been done to you or what you've done to yourself. They look like they have it all together and you're a mess, he might whisper. Am I the only one struggling again? It must just be me. Or I bet they've always been good at that or wanted this kind of life, but I just don't, you might whisper to yourself. This type of temptation works because when you don't know someone well, there is a flattening effect. They go from 3D to 2D and their background, unique character traits, and personality is overlooked. It's easy to forget that Jesus calls a diverse group of women. Maybe the difference between who you're looking at and you is that they realize that all are welcome at the table. They may have been walking with God for longer than you have, but if you learn from them and find out their story, you'll find that they have been delivered from many of the things that you might be currently struggling with. I know women who have been delivered from alcoholism, pornography, and erotica addictions, or healing from sexual abuse. I know women who have children that said they never have them. Women who are homeschooling their children who scorn that calling. Women who love the church after rejecting it for most of their lives. Brash women who are learning humility, angry women who are learning to be patient. What you're seeing in these women is not no struggle, but the sanctifying grace of God in their life. You're not seeing sameness, you're seeing Jesus. So if you need one for the first time, or you've been feeling like an outsider on the inside, here's your invitation. Every sinner is welcome at the table. Growth, any growth that we have is because we've been made new by Jesus. So come feast with us. I love how Laura in this podcast is a celebration of all the differences and unique women that we are, but how the same beauty and glory of Jesus can be celebrated in each of our lives.
0: Thank you for listening to The Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in a local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for his glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and his faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the master gardener is always at work, so let's yield to him and grow where we're planted.